Hi, family. Welcome to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the SWAN. This episode, I'm hoping, will be short. I say that a lot, and I think there's only been one that was truly short. I think it was entitled The World's Shortest Podcast or something like that. Um, But this podcast, even though I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to call it, it's something to the effect that important correction of Episode 9. Uh, maybe that'll be the title, maybe it'll be something else, but something to that effect. Um, episode 9 is a tale of two NAs, and there's a very important correction that's needed to happen for a very long time because I've had the correct information or maybe re- the realization that I had some incorrect information for a number of years now, and I have not got around to correcting it, and I wish I had a good excuse for that. I don't. I have an excuse, not a good one. Uh, maybe it is a good one in that it's the truth, is my character defects. I put it off. I was lazy. Um, that's it, straight up. I did not want to go back and find the exact information. At first, I thought I needed to re-edit the episode. And what I realized is the more effective thing would be to draw attention to it. Uh, the people who've already heard the episode aren't going to go back and re-listen. And, uh, and, and, and also, it's a story that's been propagated throughout the fellowship, throughout even the traditionalist movement, by well-meaning individuals, and, and one in particular, but well-meaning individuals, more than one. Uh, and it's something that needs to be cleared up, at least in my opinion. And the reason is, is, my love for this man who I never met, my love for his family, uh, one of whom I have met, and my love for his uh, N.A. family, many of whom I have met, and, and people who knew him personally. Uh, so here's the deal. In episode nine, it's called A Tale of Two N.A.s, and it's probably, maybe this is a character defect, but it's probably my favorite episode of Autonomous Unity ever. Um. And it's not an ego thing. It's it's not like, oh, I did such a good job on it. It's just, I just love the story. I, I don't know. I, I love the history of NA, I guess is what it is. And so as I hear the history recounted, even though it's my voice, I just love reliving that history. Uh, and I'm sure there, there are probably other inaccuracies, just as there always are as, as things are passed on. But this is pretty blatant. So let me just cut to the chase here. And by the way, one thing we got away from on here is the disclaimers. If you're not a member of NA, please tune out at this time. This is intended for members of Narcotics Anonymous only. Uh, being that I am the only person on this episode, um, the opinions expressed here are mine and mine alone. They're not representative of NA or any home group or service for NA. Uh, this podcast is not a service for NA. It's an NA member expressing his views and opinions uh so because it's not i'm a traditionalist because this podcast is not something that's been set up for asked for or is directed by a home group it cannot be a service for na uh, the way that i um, not interpret but understand the traditions because i said before i believe they're to be understood and not interpreted so let, let's cut to the chase as i said we already would in this podcast and I was very nice about it and used some qualifiers like, hey, let's not judge this. This is human nature. 
but I recounted a story and not in great detail in which um, I, I only gave a little snippet of the story that Jimmy, Jimmy Kinnon, Jimmy K, the man who is generally credited as being our founder and, and for all intents and purposes was, although there were many founders of NA, he is the man who, who was, did the most service back in the day uh, by all accounts that I've ever heard. Um, so I gave this quote to Jimmy when, when, during the writing of the basic text or when there was to be a basic text um, written that he had said, when we're ready for a book, I'll write one. So something to that effect. He wouldn't have said when we're ready for a basic text, I don't think, because uh, we were not referencing our book as the basic text back then. That is not an official name of our book. Uh, anyway, I am 99% certain that that piece of information was wrong. Um, and, and part of maybe giving the correction, maybe a small part that was outside my character defects, uh, is that uh, there were people still living who were involved in that, um, maybe not wanting to hurt feelings or step on toes necessarily. Uh, but one of the major, the person who, who recounted that story to me, uh, first person, uh, has now passed on. And there's not the danger of being misconstrued as calling this man a liar, because I, I don't think that's what happened either. So I'm going to give you a more detailed story of what happened. Was They were writing this basic text, and this is written in a book that was... Uh, uh, written by by uh, this gentleman as well. Uh, uh, and again, this gentleman is not somebody I'm trying to malign. He's somebody who uh, was a friend of mine who, who taught me a lot of things. Uh, but a man named Jim M. Uh, who wrote the book under a different pseudonym that I think was maybe based on his middle name. Uh, he was uh, the, the gentleman who wrote our third step prayer. He's the gentleman who was, I believe he was the style editor or something like that. Uh, at any rate, he's the, he's the man that when we had terms in our basic text, the stuff that people had sent in as, as we were putting this basic text together, and they'd call themselves alcoholic addicts or, or heroin junkies or alcoholics or whatever. It would, would, he was the style editor in that uh, we would change those. So recover, or, excuse me, sobriety would become recovery. Uh, alcoholic addict would become addict. Cross-addicted heroin junkie would become uh, <laughs> addict. Things like of that nature, right? Uh, and uh, uh, man who, who lived, he's, he's the man who started the Anyway magazine uh, before the, the corporate office uh, pulled a hostile takeover a year or two later and, and turned it into a, a corporate propaganda piece that was no longer uh, run by the fellowship. Uh, so again, this is where the story came from. Uh, he's involved in writing, and he, and he says in his book that they begged and cajoled, whatever, just totally begged Jimmy to involve himself in the writing of a basic text, and that Jimmy had said, when we're ready for a book, I will write one. I've been told now, now this was supposedly a conversation that took place between him and Jimmy. And I can't remember if there were other people supposed to be there, but I, I have been told that that is absolutely not true by other people who knew and loved Jimmy. Uh, that, that Jimmy did not say that. And again, is it possible that this conversation took place 
uh, and nobody was around to hear it, yeah, it's possible. But I've been told by people who knew Jimmy that, that Jimmy, just knowing his stance on the basic text, even though he may not have thought it was the proper time to uh, be writing a basic text for the fellowship, um, that he he may have uh, there was no way he would have made a statement like that or, or yeah, even if he was not contributing directly or involving himself in the writing, he would not have been so arrogant as to say, when we're ready for a book, I will write one as if he would do it himself. Uh, so again, maybe it's not that, uh, the information I have is incorrect, but what I can say, the inf- what I put out on that podcast is, is not documentable, not verifiable, uh, it's it's a one person account and and I don't believe that person was was trying to lie. Uh, so I'm gonna give a little bit deeper of the history here, okay? Um, so what's going on at this time? It, Jimmy and his man did not like each other. That's not a secret. They were both on the same side of things in many regards. Uh, they they did not like each other. What I will tell you is this: is that there were uh, there was this committee. Uh, that was an open participation committee, very different than the committees we have today, meaning it was accountable to the home groups, anybody could participate, writing the basic text. And it was so open that the way to be on a committee was to show up, but you were even on that, uh, your home group could write stuff and send it in. It was going to get used. Everything that was sent in was used in one form or another. It was either quoted directly or influenced the book. That, that's what's been told to me by everybody I've talked to that, that played a major role in the writing of our basic text. Uh, there were, I'm not going to get real deep into this, there there were some games being played behind the scenes to intentionally turn people against each other. Uh, Jimmy and this individual I'm referencing, also another individual who was greatly involved in, in our uh, history, uh, there were people playing these games, power games, trying to turn Jimmy and certain people against each other. Uh, long story short, um, the literature committee... Uh, some members of that were also trying to relocate the World Service Office, uh, which was not something that they had been asked to do by the fellowship. Um, this was used to uh, – there, there's a whole broader history here that, that, that culminates with Jimmy being ousted and, and even our book re, being rewritten. Um, but this was used as a way to play people against each other and, and to tell Jimmy things like, hey, look – these people who are writing the book are trying to relocate our office. They're trying to take away this thing that we've built. They're trying to, you know, I don't think Jimmy ever considered himself an authority. Kind of, they're trying to undermine you. They're trying to steal your baby, and that was not the case. It was, uh, I don't think ever this idea of relocating the World Service Office was, I don't believe, ever supposed to be a personal attack on Jimmy. Uh, but there were people putting bugs in Jimmy's ear about about people certain people, and, and vice versa. Um, so there was some animosity there. And and I, I think, basically, from what I can piece together, uh, and, and again, my opinion in my own mind, I, I, I don't mean to endorse something, but I'm going to reference something. I think I've referenced it in a more vague way on these podcasts before. So please don't take this as endorsement. But again, this is not a service for NA. Um, so if you do take it as an endorsement, please don't uh, mistake this podcast as something that's part of the NA services in any way. This is something that's uh, 
a service to my fellow addicts, but it's not Narcotics Anonymous. It's about NA. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's unpaid. It's it's by an NA member only about NA, but and for NA members and still suffering addict. But uh, yeah, it's not endorsed by a home group. So all that out the way. Um, y'all remember a, a show called Star Trek: The Next Generation? Maybe some really young folks don't. I don't know. Uh, but they had this episode in which one of the characters was accused of committing murder. And so you had this trial, and different pe- he tells his story. Uh, the wife of the murder victim tells her story. You have these different people telling these different stories uh, during this trial who are under oath. And one of the characters on the show is what's called an empath, and she has the ability to sense people's emotions uh, and when they are lying. And the main character, who is a very good friend of hers, uh, after the testimony of, of the wife of the murder victim, a man who was murdered, uh, says, how could she lie like that about an interaction that had taken place between them previous to the murder? And and this man's friend, who is the empath, says she's not lying. And he says, you think I'm lying about it? And she says, no, you're not lying either. He said, how can both sentences be true? How can both these things be true? You know, they're mutually exclusive. She said, you're both telling the truth as you remember it. So I, I think we may have a case of this. And so what? we don't know what happened in that conversation. I have people telling me Jimmy would never say something as arrogant as when we're ready for a book, I will write one. I also honestly do not believe the man who told me this was making it up or believes that, that, you know, he was putting words in Jimmy's mouth. What I do think happened is this, is is that there were these two men who already were fond of each other. Uh, That's not a secret uh, among those who knew them. I didn't know Jimmy, but I I did know the other man. Uh, And I know people who know Jimmy, obviously, or knew Jimmy. Um, I prefer to think of as no Jimmy, even though he's passed on. Um, you have they're not already not fond of each other, and that being manipulated further. I don't know if the original them not liking each other was manipulated, but that being manipulated by further by people in the office sowing seeds of distrust in an attempt to kind of divide and conquer and seize power, which ultimately happened. Um, but but you have this scenario playing out where a book is being written by people who Jimmy not uh, not not the thousand people but but people who are involved who Jimmy doesn't trust who Jimmy doesn't like I'm not saying Jimmy didn't have his own character defects I'm most surely did and maybe that's part of it I wasn't there I can't judge it and vice versa some of these people don't like Jimmy they don't discredit anything he's done as the founder or say he didn't do these things they're grateful for his service and and so what I am thinking is a lot of times people remember things differently, and the truth lies kind of in the middle of what I'm hearing about. Nothing could ever be said like that, and, hey, this definitely happened. Uh, this is what Jimmy said to me. And, again, this this may seem trivial, but my respect and love for Jimmy is so deep, and especially for, for the, his family and, and in particular the family member who I've met that I feel like I need to clear the air. The simple facts are we we could never know what was said. Only the people there, uh, Jimmy and Jim, could know what was said, and maybe they 
don't know what was said, human memory being what it is. The Star Trek The Next Generation example I just gave you, and that, that's all I really wanted to use that for, was the example of, of this illustration of human memory not being accurate. Um, so what my guess is is this, is that there probably was a point when Jim went to Jimmy and said, hey, will you help us write? Can we have permission to use some of your old writings? And the story goes that Jimmy wouldn't let them use anything he'd already previously written. Well, as a matter of fact, they did uh, use uh, things Jimmy had already written. Those headers, italicized headers at the beginning of each chapter, uh, Jimmy, uh, many of those, if not all of those, I'm not 100%. There's one that Jimmy most assuredly 100% wrote himself, maybe two all by himself. Uh, there are others that Jimmy was very involved in the writing process. They, they most assuredly did use Jimmy's writings in the form of that little white book that was the basis for the basic, the headers of the basic text, the italicized portions. So quite possibly, I think quite probably some sort of conversation did take place where, hey, will you help us do this? Now, Jimmy, I, I'm guessing, was not fond of the timing, but more specifically the, the people who, I don't like in charge, but the people who are the main players in the writing of the basic text, not all of them, but a small handful. I, I, you know, one story is told like Jimmy had an issue with we're not ready for our own book yet. Um, and maybe it was more like, hey, um, the timing's not right because the people aren't right in Jimmy's mind. Uh, there could also some be be some debate as the home groups never specifically asked this specific group of people to do this. This was the home groups were assuming World was writing a book, uh, not knowing that that's something they should do. Some home groups knew it was something. There was this massive need for a book, and, and people became members of that committee by default. They were just stepped up and started doing it. And quite honestly, in open participation, that's the way it should be. But it was never something that was formally asked for by the fellowship. That might have been Jimmy's whole contention with it was, hey, I know my sponsorship line goes back to him, and, and one thing I'm talking my sponsorship line is the home groups don't ask for it. It's not a service for NA. It could have just been as simple as Jimmy saying, hey, the home, it's not time for this because the home groups haven't officially asked for it. They haven't got together and said, hey, this is what we want, and formed the service committee themselves directly accountable to them through whatever methods they had available to them, be that the, the World Service Conference at the time or any other means where home groups might choose to come together and say this. And on the other hand, you could say, hey, home groups most definitely did come together and, and form these committees. They they just didn't do it through the World Service Conference. Philadelphia, that's definitely what was, or excuse me, in Pennsylvania, that's definitely what was happening, was home groups were, were leading this effort. Um, and so my my feeling, my and it's just, it's a guess, it's a guess. So here's a, here's a mythical scenario I'm going to put forward to you. Jim calls Jimmy, says, "Hey brother, would you write this? Help us write this book." No, I, I, it's not, it's not right. It's not time. Not, not saying we shouldn't have a book. I'm just saying it's not right yet. The home groups haven't asked for this. Uh, well, can we use your old writings? Absolutely not. I, I, when the home groups ask for it, but I think this maybe goes back and forth, and but at some point in this conversation. I think maybe there's there's a, a point. And when will you write for us, Jimmy? When the time is right, I will write for you. When we're ready for a book, I will write for you, okay? Or when we're ready for a book, I will write. That could very easily be interpreted as when we're ready for a book, I will write. When one statement is very arrogant uh, and very um, 
very pompous, very condescending and assuming and authoritarian, which Jimmy was not, from from my understanding. When we are ready for a book, I will write one, as if he was going to play this Bill W. character of N.A. Uh, the other side of that is, well, it never happened. Jimmy would never say that. I think what likely happened is context, which addicts are horrible at. We take things out of context, like, how could there possibly be promises in the N.A. book when we say N.A. offers only one promise? There's promises all through the book. If you do this, you will get that. If we want this, we must do that. Well, if there are no musts in N.A., how come it says if we want this? We're so horrible at context and figures of speech as addicts, and I I really think this is a case of perspective. And one man saying, when will you write for us? And the other one saying, "When, when we're ready for the book, I'll write it possibly meaning when the home groups have asked for it, when this has gone through the proper channels, when it marinates a little more and is more mature, and and, and possibly this other man taking this as when we're ready for a book, I will write one instead of for you or with you. I, I honestly believe that this conversation did happen and it was a matter of perspectives and and being blown being being taken I do not I do not believe Jimmy ever said I will write one as if he was going to be the sole author. I believe he was asked point blank. Uh and again this is my conjecture, but I have to at least clarify that there are two sides of this. People saying that Jimmy would have never said that. People saying or one man saying Jimmy most definitely did say that and and I think somewhere in the middle is this truth and, and I think that's very likely to me, a far more likely scenario of what happened. Um, And a further evidence of that to me, Jimmy was very supportive of the basic text when it was finished. It it definitely was not an ego-authoritarian thing by any means because this man who did not involve himself in writing, to my knowledge, who who, uh, some of his writing served as the headers, who would have rather seen, from what I know, what I think I know, the book take a little bit longer maybe not be written quite yet, maybe written in a different fashion or with different people as the trusted servants uh, with stewardship of, of this project. Uh, not really that, but, but uh, being directed by the home groups and the fellowship. I think Jimmy wanted different circumstances uh, for altruistic reasons, not because this man who, who – supposedly was so against this book period and him not writing it was so supportive of it when it was written and i know that because i've seen things he wrote in people's basic texts inside the covers and and very supportive of it and what a beautiful thing it was and i've also heard stories as well about how thrilled jimmy was that we had this book um so i as I say, I hope this clears the air. It doesn't clear the air. We we will never know if that conversation take place or took place or, or if it did what was actually said. But what I am 99.99999% sure of is that uh, the exact quote we're given is probably not true. And not because the man quoting him was a bad person by any means. I love that dude. And he's, like I said, he's passed on now, and I do not want to disrespect his memory. I think that's the way he honestly remembered it. And I think people were very not just addict, but human character defects had a little bit of a conflict in and uh people who knew one man and the and the the other individual who was involved are gonna remember things a little bit differently. 
anyway, I don't know if I made the situation better, worse, indifferent, but I could not allow that episode to stand. Uh, it's just before the 29-minute mark I make the statement. Uh, Jimmy said this um, in episode nine. It's called The Tale of Two and But I could not allow that episode to just stand without posting some sort of retraction. Um, and probably maybe my opinion of what might have happened is not necessary other than to say, hey, we have no proof that this happened and people who d- dispute that Jimmy would ever say something like that. That's the facts. Uh, but quite frankly, when I talk to people on the phone who want to know about this, they, they want the conjecture. Uh, they want to wrap their heads around it. They don't want to believe Jim was a liar or Jimmy was egotistical. How can both these things coexist? And, and uh, so I offer them what I, what I think. And that seems to make it and I'm not looking to make it acceptable I I really think from what I know about both men one first hand and one second hand um, that's probably a likely scenario that something to that effect happened so again don't take that as fact but if you're you're having trouble wrapping your head around that um, again most 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 things that are disputed like that uh, the truth lies somewhere in the middle and and nobody's intentionally trying to lie in in situations of that nature where people are recounting historical fact, quote-unquote, uh, and have differing opinions. It, it's usually that they have differing memories. And then uh, I'm going to leave it at that. But if uh, my conjecture bothers you or you think we wasted a bunch of minutes, uh, you know, even worrying about that, then, then just take this away. Is uh, It is disputed by many, many people that Jimmy would have ever made that statement um and even that's not what's important what's important is i can't document that i can't prove that um other than through the only documentation i have is one man who said he was involved in that conversation so maybe it's something i should not have it's definitely something i should not have included in the podcast we tried to do things include stories that only the people can document and verify and that one couldn't be documented or verified when I said it. I just failed to realize it, and that's because I was ignorant as to the fact that there were other people who were good friends of Jimmy and Jim, very good friends of Jimmy and Jim, one man in particular, who said, hey, brother, you got that wrong. So, again, thank you for letting me share with you. Uh, this has been Solidarity with Autonomy. Excuse me, it's been Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the SWAN. Thank you. <laughs>